Ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As have the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting Podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. <laughs> Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Hello. No, I've seen everything. Um, <laughs> today we're doing a special happy uh, happy hour history of a haunting podcast episode because my very, very best friend and one of our most popular guest hosts is back with us for this episode, Jennifer DeSimon. so yes our guest host from episode five was it archie haunted objects i don't even know episode five yes our guest host jennifer de simon is back with us today and um because we're in quarantine mode where i'm having happy hour with my two very best friends in the entire world and i have uh dragged jennifer into this uh podcast clusterfuck with us, Arch. Yay. 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 <laughs> Happy to be here, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this time we're doing it a little bit differently. We are actually all three on Skype recording it this way because we all have to stay away from each other. And um, so this makes probably, you know, Jennifer feel a little less, you know, left out because she's not here in the recording studio because none of us are except yeah. me. Me and the dogs. So let's get to it. Uh, Jennifer, what is on most folks' minds, uh, most of our listeners' minds, what's been going on in your house lately? Because it's quite a hot topic for our listeners. <laughs> oh, you mean the ghost. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, up today, Mike fucking fucked up the dishes, and I was so pissed. No. <laughs> get off the couch. No. <laughs> Anybody knows Mike, not true. <laughs> not true. Yeah. The dude cannot sit still. I just don't even. Uh, well, I think the ghosts are social distancing. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. What just happened the other morning? Was it this morning? Oh, shit. Archie with his obligatory sniff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to make sure I get that in there. Maybe it was last night. I don't know. Mike, he put his glasses. Which well, wait. When was 1996? <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wait, what? When? Thursday, the third day. Okay, so it was Thursday. Gotcha. Uh, Go on. He had his glasses upstairs. He must have been re
because he doesn't normally bring them up and he set them somewhere on this little side thing and then they like just fell for no reason and i was like what was that and he leans over the bed and he's like those are my glasses and i was like it's like i have no idea why those fell off there <laughs> i was like oh so it's that little like ledge thingy he's got there doesn't his clock sit there yeah, there's no way you can really knock anything off that little ledge. Well, it didn't really affect me. I went to sleep. <laughs> All right. Mike has actually told Jennifer, I saw a little girl stand. I see a little girl standing in our landing up at the top of the stairs. Just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another keep it down. Yeah, she doesn't let anything get in the way of her sleep. And if something does, oh, God, look out. I'm not a morning person. She's not a morning person. She's not a mid-afternoon nap person. She's, yeah, no. Just don't mess with her. I'm bad, but she's worse. You even pissed me off on my wedding day waking me up. (laughs) Yes. Yes. On her wedding day, her mom and her grandma come downstairs because we were sleeping in the finished basement at her grandma's house. And her mom and her grandma come downstairs and they're like, it's your wedding day. And they're cheering. And I'm like, she gets married to Oily Bohog. And she was like, could you all just shut the hell up? We were like, wow, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even on her wedding day, which ended up being a very beautiful day. She was very, very happy all day long. But uh, yeah, those first one to two minutes, (laughs) no. Don't let sleep. Yeah, yeah. Even on her wedding day. It was funny. Anyway, okay, so that's it? Just the glasses? Yeah, all that I can think of right now. This is where Mike would come in handy. And as usual, he is nowhere to be found when he's needed. (laughs) All right, let's get down to brass tacks, guys. So, uh, Arch, why don't you tell the folks where we're going today and what we're talking about? And then I, as soon as you announce it, I'm going to let everybody know who this very special episode is dedicated to. All right. Well, this episode, we are going to the Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky, United States. Yay! Jen, I know you know of this place. Archie, do you know of the place? I've heard of it. You have heard of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yay. That's not a bingo square. Don't cross that off. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, this episode was um, it was something that we had on our list. We have a big, long list of locations. Um, but this one was also one that um, was a location suggestion from a listener. And this listener's name is Shelby. And Shelby messaged Archie and I on Facebook and suggested this location. Now, I'm not going to give her last name just for, you know, let's protect the identity of our listeners. Uh Uh-oh, Jennifer's frozen again. Oh, no, she's literally, she was just sitting there real still. Wow, you're good. Okay. (laughs) Um, So this episode is dedicated to Shelby. And... (laughs) Shelby writes to us, you guys should do Waverly Sanatorium. And then she also mentioned that also she loves giggle fits because she wrote this to us after the Jaram groaned hotel. Um, So, yes. So, Shelby, um, 
we want to dedicate this episode to you because you are a history of a haunting super fan. Um, we were super glad to meet you uh, through, you know, Facebook Messenger. Uh, but we think that you're really lovely, and we want to dedicate this episode of the Waverly Hills Sanatorium to you. So thank you so much for um, being a fan of History of a Haunting, and we love you. So to that end, Archie, let's get into the history of this five out of five bananas place. Do you agree? All right. Sure thing. So my the history portion I got was as told by AmericanHauntingsInc.com. So uh, during AmericanHauntingsInc.com. D-O-T-C-O-M, right? Because you don't like to put .com in your notes. <laughs> or she's like, I don't. Stop laughing at me. Okay, sorry. Go on. I, I, I just thought that was... Better being able to see you guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> sorry, go on. During the 1800s and early <laughs> 1900s, Go on. Go on. No, no. Please finish. (laughs) Please seriously go on. (laughs) Jennifer Shoshin. Well, Shelby, you're getting those giggle fits for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer disappeared. Okay, go on. During the 1800s and early 1900s, America was ravaged by a deadly disease known as many by known by many as the White Death or tuberculosis. This terrifying and very contagious plague for which no cure existed claimed entire families and sometimes entire towns. In 1900, Louisville, Kentucky had the highest tuberculosis death rate in America. Built on low swampland, the area was perfect breeding ground for disease, and in 1910, a hospital was constructed on a windswept hill in southern Jefferson County that had been designated to combat the horrific disease. Wait, I'm sorry. It was it was built on swampland? Lowville was built on swampland, but the hospital was hill- built on a windswept hill. I love the little part. It makes it sound so nice that you threw that in there. Oh, this swampland and on the windswept hill. And a windswept hill in southern Jefferson County. (laughs) I have so many questions about Louisville. Uncle John, let me tell you. Yeah, Jennifer's uncle John lives and his wife live in Louisville. Um, But you're painting a very different picture than what I had in my head. Oh, it's a beautiful town. Is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. But um, the disease continued to run rampant through the region, and eventually, with donations of money and land, a new hospital was started in 1924. The new structure, known as Waverly Hills, opened two years later in 1926. It was considered the most advanced tuberculosis sanatorium in the country, but even then, most of the patients succumbed to the disease. There was no medicine available at that time to treat the disease, and so many patients were offered rest, fresh air, and lots of nutritious food. Sadly, the main use for the hospital was to isolate those who had come down with the disease and to keep them away from those who had not. 
Families were tragically divided with parents and even children forced into the sanatorium with little contact with their loved ones. Okay, wait, Arch, real quick. When was the height of this? This is 1926 now. Okay, so um, now you had said in your history portion of the Stanley Hotel that F.O. Stanley had got had come down with tuberculosis, right? Yes. Okay, okay. All right, I just wanted to, like, make the connection between the two episodes. Um, just because I think that's the only other episode we've ever talked about tuberculosis. I believe so, yeah. Okay, okay. So I just wanted to, like, this epidemic went on for a long time then. A long time, yeah. Okay, sorry, go on. So treatments for tuberculosis were sometimes as bad as the disease itself. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the experiments that were conducted in search of a cure seem barbaric by today's standards, but others are now common practice. Oh God! What? Okay, I'm sorry. You're <laughs> you're about to list those because I need to like what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, patients' lungs were exposed to ultraviolet light to try and stop the spread of bacteria. This was done in sunrooms using artificial light in place of sunlight, or on the roof or open porches of the hospital. So it's tanning beds of the, of, of the time. Of the time. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Since fresh air was thought to also be a possible cure, patients were often placed in front of huge windows or on open porches, no matter what season. Some old photographs show patients lounging in chairs, taking in the fresh air, while literally covered with snow. Other treatments were less pleasant and much bloodier. Balloons would be surgically implanted in the lungs and then filled with air to expand them. (laughs) This often often had disastrous results, as did an operation where muscles and ribs were removed from a patient's chest to allow the lungs to expand further (laughs) and let in more oxygen. Oh, my God. Wait, what? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was, it was thought by removing the muscles and ribs, they could expand their lungs further to get more oxygen in. This blood-soaked procedure was a last resort, and many patients did not survive. While the patients who survived both the disease and the treatments left Waverly Hills through the front door, many others left through what came to be known as the body chute. Mm. This enclosed tunnel for the dead led from the hospital to the railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill. Using a motorized rail and cable system, the bodies were lowered in secret to the waiting trains. This was done so that patients would not see how many people were leaving the hospital as corpses. Their mental health, the doctors believed, was just as important and as important as their physical health. There are many inaccurate reports as to how many people died during Waverly Hills' decades of operation. Some oh, claim, yeah. some claim yeah. that tens of thousands died within the walls of the hospital, but this number is greatly exaggerated. According to Dr. J. Frank Stewart, a former assistant medical director at the hospital, the highest number of deaths to occur at Waverly Hills in a single year was 152. By 1955, those numbers had dropped to as low as 42 deaths, and it's been estimated 
based on death certificates that were filed, that approximately 6,000 people died there, dating all the way back to the original hospital records from 1911. Yeah, I think I think um, the most popular, and again, it kind of goes back to Myrtle's plantation episode. I think the most popular, um, the most sensationalized um, story of Waverly Hills is that over sixty thousand yeah. died. Yes, yeah. no, there's no records to back that up either. No, Mm-mm. no. So while far, far short of being the numbers tossed about in the legends, it's still a tremendous number of deaths to have occurred in a single structure. It is. It really is. By and, the and late, quite honestly, the body sheet was sort of necessary, don't you think? Oh, like, definitely. For sure. Okay. Yeah. By the late 1930s, tuberculosis had begun to decline around the world, and by 1943, new medicines had largely eradicated it in the United States. A small jump in new cases did occur after World War II, and many soldiers returning from the war were housed at Waverly Hills. Dr. Stewart noted in his autobiography that many of the soldiers had cases that were so advanced, they did not live for more than a week after arriving at the hospital. Oh, shit. In 1961, Waverly Hills was closed, but was reopened a year later as Woodhaven Geriatric Sanitarium. Uh, There have been many rumors and stories told about patient mistreatment and unusual experiments during the years that the building was used as an old folks home. Some of them have been proven to be false, but others have unfortunately turned out to be true. Electroshock therapy, which was considered highly effective in those days, was widely used for a variety of ailments. Wait, I'm sorry. Electroshock therapy on elderly people? On the elderly people, yes. That'll fix your old age. Zap. Oh, my God. (laughs) Budget cuts. This whole time Jennifer's face has just been sneered in this, like... Mixture of horror and disgust. <laughs> I'm really not sure I signed up for the right thing today. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. Budget cuts in the 1960s and 70s led to both horrible conditions and patient mistreatments. And in 1982, the state closed the facility for good. The buildings and land were auctioned off and changed hands many times over the course of the next two decades. In 1983, a developer purchased the property with plans to turn it into a minimum security prison for the state of Kentucky, to which the neighbors protested, and a new idea to turn the former hospital into apartments was devised. A lack of financing caused this plan to be abandoned. Thank God. (laughs) In, uh, In March 1996, Waverly Hills and the surrounding land was bought by Robert Alberhasky, who ran Christ the Redeemer Foundation, Incorporated. Oh, God, this. He had plans to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus on the Waverly site, along with art and a worship center. The statue, which was inspired by the famed Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro, was to be situated on the roof of the hospital at a cost of about $4 million. The next phase of his plan was to convert the sanatorium into a chapel, theater, and gift shop for another $8 million. Wait, I'm sorry. Gift shop? Is that what you said? What'd a you chapel, say? A chapel, a theater, and a gift shop. Wow, what a what a combination. <laughs> yeah. That's um uh that's I have so many questions. Well, so did a lot of other people, and donations to the project fell far short of what was expected. During the first year, only three thousand dollars was raised toward the effort, and the project was canceled in December of nineteen ninety seven. 
Oh God! What the hell were those people that donated three grand? What the hell? <coughs> kind yeah. of, yeah. Like I, that's one of my many questions. Um, and as recently as 1997. I mean, yeah. okay. Granted. I feel like to the three of us, like 1997 was about 10 years ago. Right. Uh, (laughs) If that tells any of our listeners how old all of us are. Um, But uh, I, uh, I'm sorry. You know what? It gets, it gets better. Oh, Oh. great. Okay, cool. (laughs) Albert Haskey abandoned the Waverly Hills property and then, in order to recoup some of his costs, tried to have the property condemned so that the buildings could be torn down and redeveloped. This plan was blocked by the county, and according to rumor, demolition work was then done around the southern edge of the building to undermine the structural foundations and collect insurance money. What a douchebag. Wait. Yeah. Wait, what? This guy tried to have the building condemned and then he tried to undermine the structural foundation to collect insurance money <gasps> dirt bag this and scheme this was, this, was yeah, this this scheme also failed and in 2001 waverly hills was sold to charlie and tina mattingly the current owners of the property the once stately building had been nearly destroyed by time the elements and the vandals who came here looking for a thrill the Mattingleys hold tours of Waverly Hills and host a haunted house attraction each Halloween with proceeds going toward restoration of the property. They are also currently restoring all the windows in the decrepit building while restoring the interior of the old sanatorium. So that's uh, that's what I've got. That was excellent, Archie. That was really excellent. Um, I... You are finding some of the most jaw-dropping history in these last several episodes like i don't know what you're doing (laughs) history i mean because most of the places that we talk about i already know about but you are finding history that i'm like wait i'm learning with our listeners and i'm like wait what the hell (laughs) (laughs) so jen talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on the history of waverly hill sanatorium <laughs> Some of that was just falling. Yeah, just the whole course of it, and just the things that tra- that went on afterwards, and then the things that people tried to do with it. It's just all like whoa. But I do have to say, I hopped on. I was trying to do my homework before I got on with you guys today, and I was reading a little bit more about it. Love you, you guest host extraordinaire. Did you see? Do you know why? Did you? I don't think Archie mentioned this part, but did you know how it got its name? Did you see that part? Uh, no. Waverly Hills. Um, I'll read you this little part. Waverly Hills Sanatorium sits on land that was originally purchased by Major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883. Major Hayes was in need of a school for his daughters to attend, so he started a one-room schoolhouse that was located on Page's Lane. He hired a woman named Lizzie Lee Harris to teach at the school. Her love for the tiny school, in addition to her fondness for Scott's Waverly novels, prompted her to name the little schoolhouse Waverly School. Major wow. Hayes came and chose to name his property Waverly Hill. The Board of Tuberculosis Hospital kept the name after purchasing the land and opening the sanatorium. I was like, oh, that's a cool way that that got named that. I was curious as to how that happened. That's an adorable start to a really dark end. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
what I'm reading. And then he's going, you know, <coughs> holy shit. <laughs> I'm just going to keep with that happy little start. <laughs> happy, happy little hills. Happy little hills. Um, that's amazing. Thanks, guys. Look at you guys working in tandem for the history. <laughs> I got it back. Oh, my girl. Okay, so, oh, wait, wait, did you put your computer away? Because I might need help with my part. Just kidding, it's ten pages. Oh, God. Yeah, it is. What do you think, I fucking come unprepared? Even though I was still doing my history this morning up until about yes, ten. After somebody who told me that they were still working on it this morning. Yeah, I didn't finish. So we started uh, the recording, or at least we started the meeting at 11. And I was still working on it at 10, 15. Or no, I was finishing it at 10, 15. All right, guys, we will be right back. I'm going to talk about my history or no, my haunting portion um, here in just a second. But I do want to give a wonderful shout out to one of our partner podcasts. Here's a promo for them. We highly recommend them here at History of a Haunting. And we will be right back. Hey there everyone, are you looking for a new podcast with general spooky goings on and a focus on interview style paranormal stories? Well then you should be following the Paranormal Burrito. We're a weekly podcast that does a new interview every week where people generally tell me their ghost stories. If this sounds interesting to you, please subscribe to the Paranormal Burrito on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a sample for you now. And it was evil, and I could just feel the evil emanating it from it, and it and it was terrifying to me. I was terrified. Please listen to the Paranormal Burrito wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to History of a Haunting. Um, we have a new guest host, my beautiful, wonderful, gorgeous niece, gorgeous. She is here with us, uh, my niece, Emma, and I'm very, very excited uh, to have her join us. Also, Emma, I'm super sorry about any horrible, awful, terrible, no good. What is it, Archie? Horrible, awful, no good, really? Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, blank. Things that I'm about to say because uh, we are doing the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and the hauntings are fucking insane i'm not going to apologize for swearing because emma's heard it for most of her did he just use the word blank (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was gonna let me you know swear in front of emma but i mean emma's used to it i'm just gonna say that right now since we're on a history of a haunting podcast um i think we established in episode five haunted objects that your cat is possessed by that ghost in your house well he's currently being possessed because he's jumping at the walls and tearing through the house are you guys wearing jeans because he'll shred your legs oh hell yeah (laughs) it's not that warm here yet (laughs) okay so uh let's get started with the history um no Archie did the history. Let's get started yeah. with the hauntings. Archie's like, I covered that, Carrie. <laughs> All right, the hauntings. So I got my information this week from, like Archie did, which is a, proving to be a really amazing source, AmericanHauntingsInc.com. All right. 
Yeah, I also got it from mentalfloss.com, mysteriousuniverse.org, louisville.com, portsmouthdailytimes.com, paraholics.com, and my big favorite, a ton of YouTube videos. <laughs> so I'm going to actually start my portion with um, the intro arch. And I don't know if you remember this, but the intro to the American Hauntings Inc.com article, the author writes, quote, one of the first questions that people ask when they learn that I write about the supernatural for a living is whether or not I have ever seen a ghost. Since I confess to being as psychic as a fence post, <laughs> made me laugh for a, a while. Okay. <laughs> I don't go around seeing dead people. I have had some pretty strange experiences during my lifetime, but there have only been a handful of occasions when I actually believe I saw ghosts. Could they have been tricks of the light or the products of an overactive imagination? It's possible, at least in a couple of instances, but... There is no question about what I saw at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium in 2002. I saw a ghost. And that should come as no surprise, since Waverly Hills is one of the most haunted places that I've ever visited. So, I'm going to start my portion with that. We're going to come back to the author's experience um, in just a little bit. Let's get into the hauntings um, and some of the witness accounts of this place. Jen, I know that you and I have watched Ghost Hunters and um, a couple of other paranormal reality TV shows where we have seen investigations of Waverly Hills, right? Right. Okay, so tell me real quick, what is your, when you found out we were doing an episode on Waverly Hills, what was, what is your impression of Waverly Hills? Aside from the fact that I've said it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it is. I think that sums it up. I think that sums it up. Um, and I, I, I think you and I had a conversation um, several years ago when your Uncle John moved to Louisville. I was like, <gasps> Waverly Hills. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's kind of how I like mark the quality of a town uh it doesn't have a famous famous haunting also just love to see john and joel sure sure yeah family right whatever uh, <laughs> it's a great place to stay for sure <laughs> definitely okay so there's a man named Mike Flickner. He is a guide and a paranormal investigator at Waverly Hills. He has said that he has been convinced for years that the place is filled with the spirits of the dead. He says, quote, I've locked doors before and watched them, watch them, unlock themselves and open up. No, thank you. <laughs> also, he says he's seen a tub of concrete slide by itself. Nice. A of concrete. Mm -hmm. A tub of concrete. And he doesn't explain if it's like a tub made of concrete or if it's a tub filled with concrete. Like I have, I have so many questions. Either way, that's pretty impressive. Either way. Right. Exactly. Um, so the owners, the Mattingleys, uh, said that the um, gentleman said that back when he bought it, he dismissed the idea of ghosts roaming the, hall, the halls of the hospital. But now, 
He says, quote, when you're around it and you actually see this stuff and people can explain it. I mean, there are some things we can we can explain, but many that we can't. You start to wonder, is there something about a spirit that stays around? It could be true. And um, I think that Archie and I are here for that. If we weren't, then why do we have this podcast? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so Waverly Hills is said to be haunted by various ghosts, such as an unknown little girl with no eyes and a homeless man and his dog who were murdered in the building during the years it was abandoned. We're going to circle back to them in just a little bit. Um, but the hospital has become famous due to its shadow people that seem to roam freely amongst the patient rooms and hallways. And I think, Jen, I think you and I, there's an episode of Ghost Hunters that you, we watched back when in its heyday, the original Ghost Hunters, where you guys watched it first and you were like, oh, wait till you see the episode on Waverly Hills, Carrie. Yeah, you got to give Mike all the credit for that. <laughs> He's the one yeah. stumbled on that fascinating show. Yeah, um, we definitely have to give credit to Mike for that because um, he, he, I think it was him or you. You were like, Mike says you need to watch Ghost Hunters. And I was like, Ugh, Mike says, really? And then it turned out Mike was really fucking dead on. Well, I was kind of the same way with me. He was like, oh, you got to watch the show. You'll really like it. I'm like, will I? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Turns out, okay, so sometimes, and cheers to Mike, sometimes he has brilliant fucking ideas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they did an episode at Waverly Hills, and it was one of my um, first introductions to the location, and it was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal, and ever since then, I've tried to like look up everything I can possibly look up about the location. Uh, once Jennifer's uncle... And his new wife moved there. I was like, can we please go visit Uncle John? Can we please stay there and go to Waverly Hills? Like, it's just right over there. It's not that far. Um, we haven't yet, but it's a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> another article I read said that even more strange, however, is the frequency at which strange occurrences are documented at the sanatorium. And the extreme nature of those phenomena. Do, 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 do. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I know. You had me laughing on an airplane like a freak when I was listening to that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so during a location uh, hunt for the television program, The World's Scariest Places, which is one of my favorite shows. One paranormal investigative team noticed that their EMF meter continuously reacted, despite the lack of power in the building. Um, now, just real quick reminder, an EMF detector is electromagnetic fields, and a lot of things can set these detectors off, such as a power outlet or a... Um, electrical box, a fuse box, things like that. However, if there's no power or electricity to a building, typically they won't react unless there is paranormal activity going on because it is said that ghosts need to channel electricity from any device that they can to project uh, either an apparition or an EVP, things like that. So it's much more, um, uh, it's much more remarkable 
to have an EMF detector go off when you're in a building that has absolutely no electrical current running throughout it. So, Indeed. Huh? Indeed. <laughs> also, Patreon donors, we're going to do an investigation at Jennifer's house. Emma, sorry. Um, and it's going to be a video on for all of our Patreon donors. Please feel free to spend the night at Vegas's if you'd like. <laughs> Not Vegas. Vegas <laughs> Don't go to Vegas. No one's in Vegas right now, but you can go to your friend whose name is Vegas. Um, <laughs> so oh, it goes again, the person, not the city. The city already was. <laughs> the city already was. <laughs> um, so it goes on to say that there were not even wires in place to run electricity but the meter continued to jump until after a while of investigating, the meter got hot and actually melted the circuit board inside. Wow. What? Yeah. It was at that moment that they noticed a sharp temperature drop of nearly 20 degrees in the room. Not the you. Girl, <laughs> the girl. The girls are judging their neighbors again. Okay. Um, so now the San Diego ghost hunters who, if you have listened to the Whaley house house episode, they do a lot of investigations there and in locations around San Diego, but they did actually travel to the Waverly Hills sanatorium. They investigated the location and they caught several photos of shadow people. They heard knocking around the artwork that has actually been painted on the walls over the years. So there's a lot of, um, different like graffiti and shit like that, that has been spray painted into um, the, the different um, levels of the sanatorium over the years, which kind of surprises me because their security is really fucking tight. Uh, you can't go anywhere near it without having somebody on a bullhorn tell you to go away, but somehow they're allowing graffiti in the building. I'm not really sure. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, however, additionally, it is common to see doctors and nurses walk from the solarium and back down the hall into rooms. Now, apparently, sometime during the 1990s, a homeless man and his dog aw, were sleeping in the building when two teenage boys who had become obsessed in devil worship entered the building, attacked the man, and murdered him and his dog in the name of Satan and threw their bodies down into an empty elevator chute. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They were later arrested, yay, and sent to prison. Good. So that, yeah, that was that was good. And I actually did look back through Louisville um, newspaper headlines and found that this actually did happen at the sanatorium and they actually were arrested and sent to prison. They're, well, yeah, they're serving life. Um, so this homeless man can be seen with his dog wandering the hallways and people have actually reported feeling their hands grabbed when they stick them into the opening of the elevator. Now, there is... Um, one of the elevators, there's a couple of them, but one of the elevators, and I'm going to gesture for you guys. Archie's probably going to say, it's a radio show, Carrie. The listeners can't see you do this. Point <laughs> <laughs> that up. Um, there are some elevator doors where there's like a window in cut out in the door of the elevator. That window is broken out in this one elevator in Waverly Hills. And 
people have stuck their hand through it with an EVP recorder to try to catch EVPs, obviously. Um, and often people will have felt an, an arm grab their hand as they have stuck it into the elevator shaft. You mean nope. a hand grab their arm? <laughs> right, that's what I said, sure. <laughs> Drink! Clinch! <laughs> Look, Jen's a bingo square. <laughs> so, that is the homeless man and his dog. Um, I'm sure, okay, I'm a horrible person that I'm more sad about the dog. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, now, there are experiences that have been recorded on the fifth floor that involve many sightings of strange shapes and shadow people often seen in the corridors. One paranormal investigator witnessed what looked like human shadows moving up and down the fifth floor hallway. One of the shadows in particular actually appeared to look around corners at him. <laughs> Mm. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just have somebody look around a corner at you that was living and in the broad fucking daylight is bad yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. Don't do this. Um, <laughs> Emma, how you doing? You hanging in there? I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, I apologize for any nightmares you might have. <laughs> so Mary, uh, if he comes to bed with you tonight, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> How did you have a fever dream last night? You had a fever? I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm sorry, wait, did she have a fever? No, I didn't. It was just a crazy dream. Oh, you're just labeling it that. Gotcha. <laughs> Those things are real. I've had them for the last three days. But I've actually had a fever. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, quit being so fucking extra. <laughs> wow. Because you know how she is. Because I am the queen of extra. <laughs> so apparently, um, one of the guards actually saw a floating head in one of the rooms late at night. He screamed and rushed down the stairs where he passed out, as I would do. <laughs> He was so terrified that he never returned to his job at the sanatorium. Uh, a lot of our uh, episodes include employees that have just been like, fuck you and the ghost horse you rode in on. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, some visitors have heard the sound of children singing nursery rhymes coming from the roof. When the hospital was a tuberculosis facility, children were taking up to, taken up to the rooftop for heliotherapy. In which they were exposed to the um, supposed healing rays of the sun. I was so wondering why there were children on the roof. <laughs> There's a bunch of children because the staff had children that were that were living there, and then also the patients also had children, and they didn't have anybody else to take care of them. So the kids were brought there, and they were sort of <laughs> just put them on the roof. It's totally fine. The roof. Uh, the roof. The roof is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she adds just so much <laughs> drunken pizzazz to an episode. This might be worse than Jerome, Arch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So now, Timmy, 
Uh, <laughs> Legend has it that Timmy was a six or seven year old boy who died at Waverly but has yet to move on. Visitors often bring toy balls to the hospital and invite and invite the ghostly child to play. He's usually seen and experienced on the third floor, but has been spotted in various other areas of the hospital. Several tour guides and guests have said that you can roll a ball down a hallway and then be patient, wait for a few minutes, and then you can watch the stopped ball roll back toward you. And I what think is that on Ghost Hunters. That's yes, I was just going to say that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So I think it was Steve rolled the ball down the hallway and then they like waited to see if like the floor was uneven or whatever. It's the ball like fucking stays put for a fair amount of time. Yep. And then out of nowhere, it just starts to roll back toward him. It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so Timmy can also be heard laughing playfully. So I feel like Timmy and Lily from trans Allegheny lunatic asylum would get along fabulously. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's talk about room 502. Jen, do you remember that about the Ghost Hunters episode? No, not not off the top of my head. If you start talking about it, it might go, oh. Okay. Okay. So um, another creepy legend does involve a pregnant nurse who allegedly committed suicide in room 502. No. That's <laughs> shaking loose. Okay. No. Some tales claim that a doctor got the nurse pregnant and then wanted nothing to do with her. Devastated, the woman hanged herself from an exposed pipe or light fixture. I'm going to go with pipe because light fixtures can barely hold a light pull cord. Yeah. Yeah. Pipe makes much more sense. Do you remember this way? On those hunters? Remember Waverly Hills? Waverly Hills and the nurse that committed suicide in the room? Um, anyway, other versions claim that it was the hospital's owner who got the woman pregnant and that she jumped from the room's window rather than hanging herself. Regardless, it's awful. And no matter how you apple slice it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So regardless of the tale, many Waverly visitors are convinced that an anguished entity lurks in room 502. Numerous <clears throat> excuse me. Numerous visitors to the room often report feeling extremely nauseous out of nowhere, only to feel totally fine when leaving the room. Uh, and then sightings of a nurse in a uniform have also been frequently seen. Um, folks that like to play the flashlight game are actually rarely disappointed in this area of the hospital. Um, I really want to play the flashlight game. Really, What's, what, what is the flashlight game? There, wasn't it? Like they did that a lot throughout the show. I felt like with that with Waverly Hills, it seemed like they no. used that technique a lot. Yeah. So our, the flashlight game is basically you take a flashlight, be it one that has like a little switch or one that has a button at the at the end of the flashlight or one that twists on and you kind of lay flashlights around the room. And then you ask the entities to turn the flashlight on. 
So you ask them questions and you say, turn the light on, turn the light on once for yes or twice for no. And then there's been a lot of, um, uh, evidence from different paranormal investigators that have been able to communicate with apparitions through the flashlight game. Okay. Okay. Is that the same place that what's his face um, got touched? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, what's his face? Who got touched? Um, Wasn't that touched, where? Um, touched by an uncle? What? Frank. Frank. <laughs> got touched by. Touched by an angel. <laughs> touched by an angel. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, sorry. Grant got touched at the same Who? time. Who? Grant. Grant. Ghost Hunters. Co-host. Your Carrie. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that was Eastern State. I don't remember. I'll see now. I'm getting. Was it? Wait, was it Grant or was it? Um. Was it the crew member? That was Grant who got touched. I remember okay, that. now I'm getting them mixed up. Hold on. Yeah, now I am too. Now we need to find that. I know it was because like- I remember Grant got touched, but I, did, I thought it was at Eastern State. I remember which one. I forget who I am after my concussion, so. Oh, for God's sake. Wait, I'm sorry, you had a concussion? No, don't even, don't even. Sorry, I, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I, I know about your concussion. So, um, other reports state that visitors to room 502, which room 502, from everything that I can glean in my research, is, (laughs) um, I know, I'm trying to add new words to our dictionary, like nefarious. Yes, nefarious and miscreant. We're trying to incorporate those more into the podcast to make it sound smart. So for everything that I can glean, room 502 is one of the nurses' stations. Um, It's actually one of the only uh, paranormally active um, areas on the fifth floor of this building. Somebody's coming in my back door. No, Archie, (laughs) shut up, Jennifer. (laughs) Wow, that's a little... Hi. Hi. Could you lock that door so the bell doesn't bing bong? Anyway, so apparently visitors to room 502, which again is is a, a section at the end of the fifth floor. It consists of two nurses stations, um, some patient rooms, and I believe like a, a bathroom shower area. Um, but in room 502, People reportedly feel um, a lot of different waves of emotion like despair that wash over them as they enter the room, uh, with many others stating that they can hear constant whispers around them and shadows of people just outside their line of vision. Just kind of that movement where you're like, what was that? Oh, it was nothing. I think maybe I'm fucked up or maybe it was a ghost. There have been cases where the door to the room of 502 has slammed shut once a person has entered it, trapping them inside, which I cannot stress enough is one of my greatest fears. Is it really? I have a lot. 
I've discovered that I have a lot of greatest fears during this fucking podcast. <laughs> I don't want to be. My greatest fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think was it Arch in the Bell Witch that we were talking about um, the vice grip and like feeling like pressure is like being wrapped around you and kind of crushing you. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I can see where that. Would be a great sphere. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've developed a lot of great fears doing this podcast. It's been super excellent. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, are you guys eating, Jen, Mike, Emma? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that for me. I'm asking it for you because I'm getting ready to talk about the body shoot. That shit doesn't bother me. <laughs> And Emma's pumping her fists, so I guess Mike is the only one that we might get sick. Okay. So, the body shoot is also called the death tunnel. And I believe you touched on this a little bit in your part. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. So, the so-called death tunnel is now a paranormal hotspot. Visitors say that it comes complete with eerie shadows, unexplained footsteps, disembodied voices. It's also known among investigators for providing chilling EVPs, which are, of course, electronic voice phenomena. Arch, do it. No. I've already done it once. (laughs) That Jen comes through in a clinch. In addition to voices and shadow people, green orbs and physical contact from ghosts have also been reported. Um, Again, it's a goldmine for electronic voice recordings. One witness said, I personally have heard footsteps when alone, heard taped voices, and my radio partner saw a full body apparition inside. Now, the death tunnel, um, it, it, it started out uh innocuous arch don't i mean in in your history research it started out as a way to bring supplies into the hospital because like you said it was sitting at the top of a hill correct exactly exactly yes okay it started out as a way to discreetly bring in any supplies they may need right okay any supplies that they may need but because tuberculosis was such a deadly disease um more people were dying from it than were being cured. So as a way to um, not have the patients in the hospital see what their fate were was likely to become, they started to wheel the dead bodies down through this chute, which went ran from the top of the hill at the basement of the hospital down to the bottom of the hill to waiting hearses that would take them to the mortuary. Now, I've read in some of my research and some of the podcasts that I've listened to that doctors, in an attempt to prevent um, funeral directors, funeral employees, mortuary employees from contracting the highly contagious tuberculosis, uh, which was also known as the White Death and was also known as consumption, um, which I thought was, you know, too much food. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
as Jennifer and her family eat and as I swill, swill wine. Um, <laughs> oh, there I have read a number of articles that said that doctors, in an effort to try to curb the disease from spreading from the dead bodies to the living that were taking care of them, um, they would wring out the dead bodies in the body chute. In that, they would drain them of their bodily fluids. Emma's like, I'm done fucking eating. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mike just dipped his finger in marinara sauce and licked it like this (laughs) when you said that. (laughs) Mike. Love it, Carrie. Keep going. They would drain the bodies of their infected bodily fluid um, before they would uh, actually put them into the hearses to be cremated. Um, The problem with this, it seems like a a good idea. Let's not contaminate other people that are handling these dead bodies. In what seems like a good idea, they would drain the bodies and wring them. Mm -hmm. Um, But what they would do with the, the bodily fluids was they would put them in the sewer I was just going to ask, like, okay, so where did all this stuff go? Oh, <laughs> it went into the sewer, yeah, that was typically running into rivers and... and, oh. and oh. Yeah. Sorry, I asked. It's smart, but I also asked... No wonder Louisville's rate was so high. <laughs> Dude, for real. Dude, for real. Okay. So, that's, <laughs> that's what I have about the body shoot, the death tunnel. Um... I did watch, Arch, I know you love BuzzFeed Unsolved just like I do, and I did watch their YouTube episode about the Waverly Hills, and they had, um, is it, who's the, who's the one that's a skeptic, Shane? I think so. And then Ryan is like the full-on believer. So Shane was at the top of the death chute, and Ryan was at the bottom of the death chute. And they both heard a, a noise or a voice. But Shane, of course, was like, that was you. Like, he, like, was able to explain it. Shane's the skeptic. And Ryan was like, has it been a yet? Because I need to come the fuck back up. He was, I love Ryan. He's, Ryan's amazing. He's really wonderful. And I get a lot of my, um, uh, my haunting research from BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> Mainly because of Ryan. And I'm pretty sure that Archie's like, Shane is where it's at. Um, (laughs) Well, the next place I want to talk about is the operating room. Now, the hospital had a number of operating rooms, but this one particular operating room has reports of doors slamming and jamming, physical contact, and shadow people. One witness did say, quote, I have twice been locked in this room when the door slammed and would not open. Uh, do that to me, and I will fucking set this building on fire. <laughs> Just to get out. Don't do that. Um, there is no lock. The door handle. Um, the door handle. So the door handle is it's missing. So that where the door hand knob would be is just a, like the hole in the door. Mike, help me out here with the terminology. You said it right. It's the hole in the door. Thanks. There's a technical term for that, Gary, the hole in the door. <laughs> okay. Sorry. 
again, Carrie gives Mike more credit than apparently. Okay. Sorry, somebody, somebody, somebody's going to comment on this podcast somewhere along the way and be like, no, there is a technical term for this. <laughs> I know. I, okay, I'm going to. An older door, there could be a spline sticking out if the doorknob's off. Our daughter is sitting right here. How dare you use that? I said spline. Like, <laughs> work with me. <laughs> Welcome to History of a Haunting, where parenting and marriages fail. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And it wouldn't be a history of a haunting episode if Archie didn't cough 900 times. Oh my god. I have been twice locked in this room when the door slammed and would not open. There is no lock. The door handle hole is open, and yet this strong guy in my group could not pull it open until our guide asked politely that we be allowed to leave and then it opened with a fingertip it's all about politeness Mm. Mm. i'm finding that a lot aren't you arch with throughout Mm -hmm. like more we do this like you ask them nicely and they'll be like okay um anyway (laughs) what a dick What a dick. Um, Anyway, this particular uh, individual says that the operating room, um, they are more uneasy here than in any other room of the entire building. Now. Do we know what happened in this operating, that particular operating room? uh, I believe it was what Archie said was the removal of the ribs and the muscles to try to. Oh, okay. Or the balloon expanded oh, in the lungs. Oh, yeah, that. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's for some reason. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> Be careful well, what. Talking about it, I'm eating, and that is. <laughs> I talk about wringing out bodies of their tuberculosis infected fluids. And she's like, I'm totally fine with that. But talk about inflating people, inflating lungs from outside. What? No. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, can you imagine if you overinflate and they pop inside the body? Exactly. Ooh. I'm going to barf. I actually think there's a Big Bang Theory episode where he talks about that. Really? It's ep- yeah, it's an episode where um, I just saw it last night, actually. Where uh, Howard and Leonard are in the clean room and a pigeon gets in and they think they kill the pigeon. And they call Raj and, and they're like, oh, wait, there's here's a here's a website that says you can you can give CPR to a pigeon. And Raj is like, don't puff him up too much because I will bark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but I remember that episode, but I remember that part. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. This episode is going downhill, folks. <laughs> But actually, our biggest fans love it when we fucking, yeah, okay. All right, all right, I'm going to talk about the most scary thing now, to me. Oh, God. <laughs> to me, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot more, but this one to me is the worst. It's called The Creeper. <gasps> Mike. What? Was Mike the Creeper? I called him The Creeper, yeah. Okay, if Mike starts doing this, or he has been doing this, I'm never coming back to see you again, and I love you both so much. <laughs> oh, God. So, 
The Creeper is considered the super bad of the shadow people. Uh, the legend is that a man who hates visitors to Waverly um, is the Creeper, and he moves on all fours. While most shadow people appear in the shape of a person, the Creeper is more animal-like in its approach. He is usually spotted on the fourth floor, on the ceiling and walls. Oh, no. Nice. Oh. Adios. Um, his method of fright, uh, he will run down the hall in the dark toward you and then up the wall and continues to approach upside down from the ceiling. I Seriously, you're, you're giving Mike ideas. He's going to attempt this tonight, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're not fucking Spider-Man, okay? Does he, does he like walk like a crab on all fours? Or? Our daughter did when she was younger. She did, yeah, yeah, she did. Um, he, Mike is also a hockey goalie, so he can fucking get down low with like his knees bent, weird shit positions. Yeah, not loving it. Not loving it. Anyway, one witness said that I have glimpsed the creeper only once. It was about a quarter way through an overnight stay, um, and. Overnight stay that I abandoned after I encountered it. I would uh, say. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good call. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> some believe that it is an otherworldly spirit or demonic force, while others believe it's a human spirit that has been twisted by the trauma of death. Given how the patients were treated, I, I see that too. Um, whatever its true nature, those who encounter it are invariably filled with dread. As we all have been while I talked about it. Uh, yeah. You don't live with the creeper. <laughs> okay, so another tourist to Waverly Hills has had this experience. Um, they say, quote, the abandoned building was even more eerie on the inside than it appeared on the outside. And it actually is. Um so it's obviously what you expect a dilapidated building to be. It's got um, crumbling wood and peeling paint and things like that, rusted pipes, that kind of thing. Um, the the um, the uh, help me out here, guys. What am I? What's this? Uh, the overgrowth or the oh. growth? The, the that's what that is. That's what that is. Yeah, help me out. Oh, um, <laughs> That's what it's Emily wants a hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the uh, ivy or the whatever that climbs up the wall, it's starting to grow into the opening windows of the building. So um, the rusted lighting fixtures hanging from the ceiling and, like I said, the, the, pe the peeling paint. Um, it also has a musty smell, which, as any abandoned, decrepit, concrete, wood building would have over years. Um, Concrete miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on to say that we had paused in a dark corridor where visitors sometimes reported seeing what the tour guide Clark called shadow people. He asked for a volunteer and two of us walked slowly down the hall and back again to the main group, giving us time to compare their real shadows to the supposedly ghostly ones. 
That's when I saw something. Perhaps. As the two of them walked down the hall toward me, I think I saw two white, misty, human-sized forms on either side of them, one brighter than the other, for about four seconds. I was the only one in our group who saw this, which makes me doubt they were lighting effects staged by our guides. And it's a common um, report that you will see a, a... a figure in, in a doctor's coat, either walking across the hall or walking toward you. So apparently that's what this skeptic tourist saw. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So still yet another visitor says that at the start of their tour, he thought he saw his friend wander into one of the rooms to have a look, but then the friend never came out. So he watched the room and he decided to go get him because he was kind of hanging out in this room a little too long and they were starting to be left behind by the tour group. When he went into the room, no one was there. He turned to go out and the friend was actually coming down the hall after him, never having been in the room. What? Mm hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to come back to the creeper for just a little minute. Um, (laughs) This same guy said that Ernie, who was his tour guide, had told us about a spirit known as the creeper, something that walks on all fours. Uh, He gave a very vague explanation. um, And the author of this article says, listen, I'm not here to make you believe in spirits or make you think that it's all fake. I will tell you, with our group, I personally was staring at the bottom of a door, and something came crawling at me. This thing was brown and white. was bigger than a dog. Uh, At this point in the the Waverly hauntings, I kind of hope it was a skinwalker from Utah. Um, (laughs) those things are fucked up, but this place is worse. Um, so he says it was brown and white, bigger than a dog. Still to this day, I have no idea what it was. I jumped probably five feet in the air because I thought whatever it was, was going to run into my feet. Keep in mind, it's a shadow figure that's got some color dimension to it. <clears throat> and is running toward you on all fours, like a human running on all fours. And I'm he just bark. jumped up. Would have been out of place so fast. Well, yeah, he's the. I I jumped probably five feet in the air because I had no idea what it was. Immediately, I asked anyone else if they saw it, and nobody had. I don't know what it was, but I can promise you it wasn't even midnight, so sleep deprivation wasn't an issue. And I saw whatever it was as plain as looking at the sky. I was slash am no longer a skeptic. I've read a lot of accounts of Waverly Hills that have turned staunch skeptics into believers. I was just going to say, my God, that's like the... general consensus there it seems (laughs) i really think so i really think that that is one of waverly hills like um if they're gonna tout anything they should tout that like we make believers out of skeptics (laughs) (laughs) new tagline (laughs) 
for real. So now um, somebody had actually placed baby dolls um, in room 502 for the spirit. And um, they placed baby dolls in the room where this nurse supposedly hung herself. Um, everybody took pictures of it while they were there, like when they were placing the baby dolls. Later that night, when they went back up to do a little EVP work, uh, one of Timmy's bouncy balls was sitting in between the dolls that they had placed there, and nobody had been up since they set the dolls down. Yeah. Yeah. So now, another um, website that I went to, is called paraholicsanonymous.com. <laughs> I got to go to that site. <laughs> okay, all right, I lied. It's not. That's not what the website is. It's paraholics.com. What? <laughs> it's not what you should say. <laughs> Paraholic. I said paraholics anonymous, but it's paraholics.com. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right, that's cool. She wouldn't have gotten the website regardless. Anyway, paraholics.com did a spirit box session. Um, oh, that is a oh that is a homepage that just makes you jump. <laughs> if you'd waited until I finished what I was gonna say, you would have known that. <laughs> Right? That's going to be supervising me in the car. Are you expecting stuff from Amazon? Now she's oh. going to... Anyway, so paraholics.com, they did a spirit box session. Now, Archie, do you remember what a spirit box is? No. Okay, so basically a spirit box is a, a box that scans radio frequencies every third of a second. And so they switch frequencies every third of a second. And the theory behind it is that they will, um, entities, uh, apparitions, things like that, will be able to channel the energy around them to speak through and and into the spirit box. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, So, Paraholics Anonymous, not anonymous, why do I say that? (laughs) Paraholics.com conducted a spirit box session, and this is what they caught. Um, they, it was actually a 30-minute video, and they caught a ton. But I'm gonna—I've picked out the ones that I thought were the most worthy of mentioning, and they almost all have swear words. Emma, sorry. <laughs> oh, seriously, you're apologizing to her now. She's 16. Emma, I'm sorry for swearing in front of you since you were nine months old. (laughs) She's like, I'm used to it. It's fine. Okay, so here's what they caught. Fuck you, people. We have been real people. Now, when they, um, so the investigators asked the name of the hospital, they caught Woodhaven and Waverly. When the investigators asked if they heard Waverly, they were talking to each other and they're like, did you hear Waverly? They caught another voice saying, I said it, you fuck. <laughs> I kind of like, was that you? It was me. I kind of feel like I was like, my kindred spirits are here at Waverly. Um, they also caught, it's time to get out. This 
this one kind of fucked me up because it was a very clearly a child's voice saying they're behind me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when asked about the nurses who died, they caught he killed her. They also caught we regret the murder. We need help. I said suck my dick. <laughs> Mike. God damn it, Mike. They also caught somebody saying right after suck, I said suck my dick. That was mean. <laughs> Uh, they also, uh, <laughs> one investigator that was named Connor was talking to the kids there and cause there's, yeah. there's kids there. Like I had mentioned earlier. Um, and Connor asked if they wanted a piggyback ride. Uh, a voice was caught shortly after that saying, fuck Connor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Fuck Connor. I want a ride. I don't want a ride. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, the very last, <laughs> the very last one. I mean, like I said, it was 30 minutes long, and they caught a number of things. But the very last one that I found terrifying was the word "demon." Oh. All right. Next, we're talking about nothing fun. Nothing. None of my shit is fun. I have more terrible shit to say. Many people report uh, seeing a woman whose arms and legs were chained running out of the entrance to Waverly Hills in what looked like an effort to escape the fortress with some even stating that they heard her scream before vanishing into thin air. There have been other reports of an elderly woman supposed who supposedly roams the hospital moaning and bleeding from her chained hands and feet. Though she cries for help, when outsiders approach her, she she runs away screaming in terror. And now, Argy, didn't you say that this was a geriatric hospital, or was it a, a, a nursing home? Yeah, it was at one time, yes. Okay. It was a, for old people. Yeah. Um, I'm not super down with this story. I, I don't actually... No, little old ladies with their arms bound in chains and running and bleeding and crying for help? Yeah, no. Yeah, don't mess with Mary and the little old ladies. She will... I will fuck you up. Don't mess with little old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something other that's going to... Uh, Emma, trigger warning. It's it, This is not a pretty story. It's going to give me nightmares. But... Others report seeing a little girl staring out of the windows on the third floor of the building. Some of those who have ventured inside have also reported seeing a little girl on the third floor. Now, again, the staff had children that were living there. The patients had children that were living there. So it wasn't uncommon to see have children. A play on the roof. Yeah, we right, yeah, right, on the roof. Some stories tell of the girl known as Mary or Elizabeth, um, Playing with a ball, uninterested on that, on everything going on around her. While others have stated that they have seen her eerily staring and watching them. I, Jen, I think you. She's Jen, doing. It. <laughs> I know, she's doing it. Um, Emma is famous between our parenting group of being that child that like wakes up in the middle of the night and like. Goes into her mother's room and just stands there and stares at her until Jennifer wakes up 
terrified. Uh, this little girl, apparently, you can throw a ball at her thinking that like she'll want to play with it like Timmy does, but she didn't give a fuck about the ball. Uh, one visitor claimed that Mary... <laughs> I made more intelligent than that. <laughs> yeah, well, intelligent, scary, you know, pick your own adventure. Um, one particular visitor claimed that Mary rushed toward her and that she had no eyes, just gaping black sockets where eyes should have been. Oh. That's horrible. That's horrible. Um, we have actually, I think Archie, you and I have lightly touched on doing a creepy pasta story about black-eyed kids. Mm. Oh God, no! Yeah. <laughs> Not asking to be on that one. <laughs> now, the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society, when they visited Waverly Hills, they found the kitchen in shambles, which obviously, um, windows, tables, chairs, all broken. The cafeteria was in a similar state of disrepair. Finding nothing useful, the team tried to leave, but before they could, they heard footsteps. They then heard a door swing shut, and they noticed the smell of freshly baked bread. Ooh. That kind of sounds amazing. Bread. Bread. (laughs) Bread. Uh, No one else was in the building, let alone using their ruined kitchen to bake bread. So if this particular ghost wants to come to my house, like, for sure... Come on, fine. <laughs> Unless you're the creepy little black-eyed child, then don't. <laughs> don't do that. Another group says that after touring the building, they headed to the roof to decompress. Bad fucking idea. They began to see shadows moving around, and they started getting scared. One man named Joey said that his friend Chris got so scared he actually felt compelled to jump off the roof. Which, if you'll remember earlier, a nurse was suspected of committing suicide by jumping off the roof of this hospital. Oh. Yeah. This group went back inside, still pursued by the shadows. Um, That's kind of nine ways of fucked up. They started to hear doors slamming shut. One of their group got locked in a room that had no door jam or no, no door knob. It was just a hole in the door, which Mike says Man, is the, it's adorable. It's a hole in the door, which Mike says is the legit like definition of that phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they also started to see mysterious footprints appear from nowhere from the puddles of water. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of photos of Waverly Hills that has wa- standing water on the floor. That's because in Archie, what you were talking about, the solarium, the open rooms, they had patients that had snow on them because they had no fucking windows. Right. <clears throat> yep. So uh, there's a lot of like open space where the elements can get in snow, water, that kind of thing. Now, the other thing, and this is the one thing that freaks me out. The most is doppelgangers have also been spotted. Yeah. um, Doppelgangers, which are also known as double walkers, are a type of spirit that can mimic the appearance, voice, and mannerisms of anyone or anything it encounters. This could mean looking across the room and seeing an exact replica of your husband or daughter. I'm just saying that because 
Jennifer's in front of her husband and daughter. Uh, or, <laughs> or washing what appears to be your son strangling a cat, even though he loves cats. Tour guides at Waverly Hills have reported seeing doppelgangers of themselves and of others. In some cases, the doppelgangers were almost identical, except for the black holes where the eyes should be. (laughs) Why are we back to this fucking bullshit? So, back up. We're not completely back up, but is there a... It was Waverly Hills built. (laughs) Why were they named? What were they named after again? Yes, that's great. Um, (laughs) Sorry. So, is there a reasoning behind the phenomenon of doppelgangers? Is there, what what triggers that type of, do you know what triggers that type of um, haunting? So... Uh, I, I mean, I've listened to a number of paranormal podcasts where they have touched on doppelgangers. And uh, if you see your doppelganger, it's not a good sign. It's typically indicative of an ominous warning. Um, I, In my research of Waverly Hills and the doppelgangers that um, tourists and guides have seen, it hasn't ended badly But from the lore about doppelgangers, if you see your doppelganger, it's 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 not a good. um, It's a a direct threat. Sounds to me like it's a direct threat. Yeah, I was trying to be rosy about it, and Art is just like, "This is what it is." (laughs) It's a threat. Yeah. And do not collect two hundred dollars. Exactly. Um, I, apparently, my doppelganger lives in um, Australia. My doppelganger is in Australia. Cameron has seen it. Well, that's um, terrifying. Yours is all, all the way in Australia. Like, the chances of you seeing yours is, like, not that great. Mine, I've been told by two different people, are right in my area. <laughs> I'm a little scared right now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, what? I, I, I think I might have missed this story. Two different instances. My uncle Jim was one of them, and it was probably oh, shit. one. It was in my early twenties, I think. He had told me that he was, I think, at North Park, and he saw a woman that looked just like me. And you know, Jim, like you're close as can be. Like if he thought it was me, like it was probably a pretty, pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. That's what Cameron said. That's what Cameron said. He was like, Carrie, this was fucking you. But then maybe in the last eight years, I was up at Sam's Club getting gas the one day, and this woman was looking at me and looking at me. And she was like, I'm sorry, you so-and-so. I can't remember the name. She said, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. She's like, you look just like her. (gasps) And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's great. I get that a lot. No. In my area, that somebody like lives around here that looks just like me. (laughs) Great. Um. Yeah. So apparently, like Archie said, it's not a good sign. Well, Uh, years I've been thinking, oh, how cool. Now I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I hope there's someone like me up there. Uh, 
Sweetie, you're one of the kind. <laughs> okay. So now that we've thoroughly freaked out everybody we know, including your child. Um, okay. All right. I'm coming to the end of this, guys. And we've been doing it for like three hours. <laughs> Archie is the longest. That's three hours ever. <laughs> Archie's going to edit this episode. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I am not reliving this. No. But I'm going to because this is where my heart lives. Okay. Let's talk about Mary Lee. Mary Lee was a young woman who lived in the sanatorium while it was while it was open. So I guess um, in 2006, uh, a member of the Missouri Paranormal Research Group by the name of Tom Halstead took a photograph of a ghostly apparition that looked almost like this Mary Lee. And... It does. We're going to put it, Archie, we're going to put it on all of our social media, our website. It's, 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 it's just, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. Um, now, some believe that Mary is the nurse who hung herself in room 502, while others believe she's actually the daughter of the Waverly Hills doctor who contracted tuberculosis herself from prolonged exposure to the patients. Um, regardless, this photograph is of a, um, so Arch in the Myrtle's Plantation episode, and we showed that picture of Chloe. Um, right. And you could see, like, she was transparent. You could see the, the slats of that the siding in the house but through her. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how Mary appears in this hallway. Some believe Mary is the nurse who hung herself. Others believe she is the, you know, a patient who contracted TB herself. So, remember, I doubt you anybody does at this point. (laughs) (laughs) American Hauntings Inc.'s author. Remember he had a story about Waverly Hills that changed his mind. That made him a staunch believer. I'm going to read the entire 90-page story. Are we ready? Here we go. All we right. Have- Got the gold slugger. Go ready. for it. <laughs> <laughs> Archie's like, she might be kidding. She might not. Either way, I'm going to fucking chill. Yep, I just put my feet up, so. <laughs> I am ready. I am yep. ready for it. <laughs> okay. No. So, um, at the very beginning, I referenced, um, uh, <laughs> I, I referenced a, um, an author that, uh, Archie and I got our history and our hauntings portion from, and he had a story about Waverly Hills that changed his life and that made him a believer. Grab your glass of wine and settle in. I have 90 pages to read. Just kidding. I don't, um, largely because I don't care. And I pages <laughs> liar. I know. Um, but I I thought that that the intro intro to that article was intriguing, um, especially for a paranormal blogger to have said what I experienced at Waverly Hills stopped me in my tracks and quote. We had entered the floor in what I believe was the center of the building. Behind us was a wing that I was told was not safe to enter. 
Sections of the floor had fallen in, and this area was off-limits to tours and visitors. The strange thing about it was that both of us clearly heard sounds of doors slamming from this part of the building. I can assure the reader that it was not the wind either. The wind was not strong enough that night to have moved those heavy doors, and this clearly sounded as though someone was closing them very hard. When I questioned my friend about who else could be up there with us, he explained to me about how unsafe the floors were in that section. I investigated on my own and determined that he was correct. (laughs) There was no one walking around on that part of the fourth floor. So this author is very clearly stubborn like I am. Jennifer and Archie are like, we've told her a million fucking times, but she's got to say it for herself, which is... (laughs) (laughs) He continues to say, we walked down through the dark and murky corridor, and I began to see shadows that flickered back and forth. I was sure this was a trick of the eye, though likely caused by the lights or wind moving or something outside. But... Was there the corridor angle to the right? Did I get a look at something that was definitely not a trick of the eye? Directly at the angle ahead of us was a doorway that led into a treatment room. I only noticed the doorway in the darkness because the dim light from the windows beyond it had caused it to glow slightly. This made it impossible to miss since it was straight ahead of us. He continues and says, we took a few more steps, and then without warning, the clear and distinct silhouette of a man crossed the lighted doorway, passed into the hall, and then vanished into a room on the other side of the corridor. I got a distinct look at the figure, and I know that it was a man, and that he was wearing what appeared to be a long, white drape that could have been a doctor's coat. Deciding only lasted a few seconds, but I know what I have seen. And for some reason, it shocked and startled me so bad that I let out a yell and grabbed a hold of my friend's jacket. I'm not sure why it affected me in such a way, but perhaps it was the setting, the figure's sudden appearance, my own anxiety, or likely all of these things. Regardless, after my yell, I demanded that he turn on a light, my friend, and help me to examine the room the man had vanished into. After my initial fright, I became convinced that someone else was on the floor with us. My friend assured me we were the only ones there, but he did help me search for the intruder in an empty room with only one way in or out. There was no one there. Whoever that figure had been had utterly and completely vanished. I doubt that I was the first person to see this mysterious apparition on the fourth floor, and it's unlikely that I will be the last. However, the sighting put Waverly Hills into a, into a unique category for me and that I will firmly state that I believe it is haunted. Usually, for me to do that, I must have my own unexplainable experience that goes beyond a mere bump in the night or spooky photograph. In this case, I had actually seen a ghost, and at the time, I could count the ghost sightings that I have had on two fingers. Waverly Hills is haunted, and for me, seeing was believing. Now, one tourist, of all of the research that I've done and the the tourist um, stories that I have read, and I've captured the the most 
amazing in my research. One tourist seems to have said it best. Camping invites people to tell ghost stories. Waverly Hills, however, invites people to walk around in one. And quite frankly, I think that's true. This place is amazing. Great. I think that was very Simpson-esque in your storytelling, and I applaud you for that. <laughs> that came straight from one of their treehouse of horrors. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, um, uh, Jennifer, you know that Waverly Hills has always been on one of my, um, lists of places to go to see. And, um, yeah. So I, we're getting there, but we got to do it before Uncle John moves. So. Wait, wait, whoa, okay, we're going to have to have a cyber conversation offline yeah. about that, but regardless, if he lives there or not, we still have to go, it's like right I know, across. but it'd be so much more fun if we could go to his house now, because it's cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, we can have Arch- a and a cool place to stay. Yay! Okay, so Arch, um, what do you think? That was Welcome. great. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a really good way to wrap it up. Thank you, thank you. I thought that was really amazing. Um, wrap it up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, so, as Archie knows, and as all of our listeners that are dedicated, Jennifer, like you, who is completely caught up on our twenty-six episodes. Yes, yes, I am. I literally think that Emma has listened to more than you. Is that true? Are you listening to episodes without me? It's the first sign of a problem, Emma. It's the first sign of a problem. So let's talk because I love to do this because everything, every place that we talk about is worthy of a visit. So Archie, let's talk about know before you go. Now, you can visit the actual website for Waverly Hills Sanatorium at therealwaverlyhills.com. Uh, they are located at 4400 Parley Drive in Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Also, if you have questions, you can call them directly at 502-933-2142. Currently... If you go to their website, Jen, go ahead and go to their website because I know you're going to do it. What, the one that already creeps me out? Oh, there's a couple of different websites that act like they're actually Waverly Hills. But the real Waverly Hills is the legit website. Anyway, so they currently have an announcement on their website that says important message COVID-19 Quote, it is with heavy heart that we write that we have had to make the decision that we will be canceling public tours and investigations from Friday, March 13th through Sunday, May 3rd, due to recent coronavirus guidance from leadership in the Louisville Metro government and the state of Kentucky. Those scheduled will be receiving refunds for their tours booked on the payment method they use to schedule. However, this does not affect our already scheduled private investigations. 
Anyway, so Waverly Hills, once they get back up and running, by the way, we're encroaching on three-hour recording. Yeah, my iPad's at 10%. It's threatening you to shut down. (laughs) Okay, all right. Let me wrap this up real fucking quick. Waverly Hills, when it's not, you know, grounded by Mother Nature, they offer a two-hour paranormal guided tour, a two-hour daytime three-hour tour. Uh, Gilligan's Island, the fate that became them. <laughs> now, Waverly Hills, two hour paranormal tour, two hour daytime historical tour, six hour public paranormal investigation, private eight hour paranormal investigation. So, uh, they do have a four star rating on TripAdvisor. Again, if you want to, once we all get ungrounded, please visit therealwaverlyhills.com. Call them at 502-933-2142. And yeah, that is all I have for the hauntings at Waverly Hills. Anyway, um, yes, so Shelby, thank you very, very much. We um, are dedicating this episode to you. It was a brilliant idea. We did have it on our list of episodes to do, but because you were so lovely and so enthusiastic about the podcast, we were like, let's bump it up and dedicate it to Shelby because she is brilliant and amazing, and she's right. We should do this sooner than later. Uh, So, Shelby, thank you very much. We um, we are very excited about this episode. And Arch, you did a phenomenal job on the history, as usual. Jennifer, Emma, Mike, Archie, yay! Archie, clap! <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Archie, thank you. Please, 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 Arch. Where can our listeners find us? We can be found everywhere at hoahpodcast.com, on Patreon, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, the website, all of it. On Twitter, on Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, Cupid, Yes. So thank you very much. Uh, we can, as like you said, we can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at H-O-A-H podcast. Our website is H-O-A-H podcast.com. Thank you so much. We are so excited that you were here with us for this clusterfuck of an episode. <laughs> Everybody, please give a resounding round of applause to our guest host, Jennifer <coughs> DeSimon, Emma DeSimon, Mike DeSimon. Yeah! Woo! Woo-hoo! Um, we, <laughs> we hope that your ghost ramps up the activity in your home. Yeah, it's probably going to be the way that it is. I'm trying to flashlight tonight. I'm sorry, what about your flashlight? I'm doing the flashlight tonight. Okay, it's a family show, Mike. Maybe you don't talk about your flashlight. Hello, McFly. The flashlight goes... Oh, right. Oh, the flashlight game. All right, be more specific. Okay, I love you all. all. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Uh, Love you. All right, goodbye. We will see you next week. Archie, what are we doing next week? I have no clue. I don't either. haven't decided. (laughs) So, listeners, send us your location suggestions. There may be no next week after this episode. 
I got nothing. That was a great episode. Thanks, everybody. Good night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.